When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. Welcome to the shores of Lake Norman here at the Off-Axis Paint Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. We want to thank Greg Stumpf, a good friend of mine who owns Off-Axis Paint and paints helmets for, uh, you know, some of the biggest names in the sport for NASCAR. Um, He's done an amazing job letting us use this place, you know, use the studio. Um, We're not leaving yet. Um, We're going to be moving. We just got here. Where are we going? (laughs) just we just got here soon, so I don't know why I'm giving you thanks right now, but um, it's been an awesome place to uh, work here for the first six episodes, and probably the next five or six episodes, I would say, we'd still be here, just depending on when I get a house and when I'm moving to Michigan. Um, I'm kicking my wife out of the house, though. Good for you. <laughs> um, she's going to start working up in Michigan. She's going to move up there and uh, get things rolling with her new job, and me and the dogs, and... If anybody wants my cat, they can have my cat. Uh, <laughs> Stinson has a boy name. It's a girl, though. You're going to go take her and get fixed and then just dump her on the street. <laughs> no, it's I would never nice do that. Video. We we love our kitty. Uh, Stinky is what we call her. She's going to stay with me, too. So me and the dogs and the cat, we're going to stay in Charlotte for a little bit, cover uh, Millbridge, the Give Back Classic that's going to be happening here in two weeks now, uh, Monday and Tuesday. You're running that, aren't you? Well, or maybe. So we have a development. So I was supposed to run for uh, Briscoe this week at Millbridge on Wednesday. They run Wednesday nights out there. And he texted me last week when we were doing the show. You know, he's like, hey, you want to run next week? I said, sure. So we get all the way through, you know, the week last week. And on Sunday, I was texting with Nick Drake because he won the night before at Millbridge. And I told him I was running Wednesday. He's like, you mean next Wednesday? I was like, no, this coming Wednesday. He said, well, there's no race this Wednesday. The next one's next Wednesday. So I texted Chase, and he's like, oh. So, (laughs) and I can't run the next one. I can't run next week. So um, we might go test. I don't know for sure if we're even going to run the give back or not. But now that he's a big, you know, cup driver, he may have a little more on his plate. But uh, hopefully, hopefully we get to go run. Yeah, shout out to Buddy Boy. How about that? Wow. That's awesome. Nailing down the 14 ride. Uh, we probably could have broke that news, what, three weeks ago? <laughs> Longer ago than that. <laughs> well, uh, when, uh, well, first off, you have a connection at Fox, your father. Uh, yeah, but so I we knew- found out about Boyer oh, yeah. early. Yeah. And then, but that was, I knew, I didn't even learn that from my dad. I found that out from somebody else. Who, Chase? Or, yeah. or no, Boyer. No, oh. I found out about Boyer from somebody else. Oh. Yeah. And oh. Chase's deal, too, really. I thought Chase just texted you. No. 
No, he didn't. He wouldn't tell me. I kept, <laughs> I asked him for like two weeks when I saw him at the race track. He's like, when you signed the papers of that 14, he's like, oh, I don't have anything yet. Liar. He's He was lying about that big time because Smoke just said on a, a conference call today that he called Chase the beginning of the year. Well, I don't know if it was the beginning of the year, maybe after a sixth or seventh win or something. was like, that car is he yours pro- when Boyer's yeah. gone. I mean, he probably didn't have it signed yet, but I mean, I think it was, you know, especially after as well as he ran at the start of this year, you know, I think it was. Uh, it was, you know, pretty much guaranteed, but that's also chase, you know, he, that's his, that's his humbleness that he's not going to believe it until he actually has pen to paper. So, yeah. uh, you know, you can't fault him for, you know, wanting to keep that close to his chest by any means. Your Mark, your micro car owner, uh, yeah, going full-time cup racing. Yep. I tweeted, uh, the next thing we need to know is, uh, who's driving your USAC sprint car. Yeah, I know. He's, well, he's got to have a team now. I know. Hopefully he can, uh, he can find some, find some ways to get Someone that tweeted that you should get in there. Oh, really? We've talked about it. We've you haven't even drove it. a sprint car yet. I fired one off. That's it. I know Bobby Blue was trying to get you in one. I know. We, for a little that bit. would have happened if I'd been not working. Yeah. Like always. By the way, apologize for our picks last week. Robert Boy, we, Robert decided to uh, drive down to Tennessee and race with old boss. Yeah, and then I picked Sunshine in the Silver Crown race. He didn't even show up. You know, they released the entry list like two minutes after we, you know, finished recording this, of course, and he's not on there. Hey, so. but I got the I got the Silver Crown pick, right? Wow. You, I mean, really, really, I bet we're nervous <laughs> about that, you know? Really went out on a limb. Speaking of Slarson, um, he's been reinstated by NASCAR, uh, which tells me that it's only a matter of weeks, maybe, that we are going to get an announcement of him uh, returning to the Cup Series, most likely. Yeah, I think think that's a safe pick as well, safe bet. Do you, uh, do you foresee a Hendrick development there now that the 14's gone? I do. I mean, I think that's really the only place he can't, he could land. I mean, that's the only good car left, really. Mm-hmm. So Seems like rumors are swirling that it's yeah. going to be the five car. Yep. Um, I think even Dale Jr., well... I'm guessing Hendrick probably called Junior and was like, hey, we're getting rid of the 88 and bringing out the five. So then Junior, I guess, on his podcast, which is, you know, we could throw a stone Around there the corner, from here. Yeah. Um, I guess he was just like, they're bringing out the five and they're getting rid of the 88. Maybe I don't know if he was upset about it or what, but they're bringing back the old uh, Casey Kane special. Yeah, the Jeff Bodine special. That's oh, the, Jeff Bodine. That's yeah. the OG Hendrick number, the five. That's the Texas. OG Hendrick number? What the, yeah, the five. The 24 the, or no. the 48 are the OG numbers. No, the five is the original Hendrick number. When he had one car, he started that team with Jeff Bodine. Is and that then, what OG means, original? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like the greatest or whatever. No. Well, I just learned something today. Wow. Wow. Today years old. <laughs> OG, also, OG really means like the original. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what it means, but that's the context that it means. Mm. Jeff Bodine and Texas Terry. His career went south as soon as he started frosting his cornflakes. Kyle, shout out Carl McCain. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. Um, miss that guy. That's a great joke. That's one of the best lines ever. <laughs> <laughs> started frosting his cornflakes and his career went downhill. Uh, but, yes, it's only a matter of time. Uh, Larson's going back to NASCAR. So we have a cut that we're going to play. Um, it's been all over uh, Flow Racing uh, this week. And we actually are going to have this badass piece that we've been putting together uh, about, um, well, I can't really say much. It's, 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 a, it's a big secret. But it's coming out soon. This Larson piece is coming out soon. Um, but here is a piece of it that we can play right now that we can tease on this podcast. This is Larson talking about uh, the potential of going back to NASCAR. NASCAR, that's obviously the hot topic. Something you want to do, and if you get that opportunity, do you feel like, 
you've got something to prove now. Like you've you've been the eye of motorsports this year and dirt track and brought so much light to us. But if you get back, do you feel like you've got a statement to make when you get back there? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I want to do. Um, and yeah, I think on there's multiple reasons now why you know I want to make it back and, and do a good job. Um, you know, one, I want to show everybody that I am a good person and, and I just you know, made a stupid mistake saying a, a bad word. And um, so, you know, there's, there's that part of it that wants to show people you know, that I am not that person. Um, but then there's also, you know, the, the, you know, I had a great season you know, this year and you know, I haven't really, I've had flashes in Cup that I could, you know, have this potential to, to dominate. Um, but I, I haven't gotten to do that. So, you know, I hope that I can, you know, get with a team that's got great equipment and, and just great people around me to uh, showcase what I can do behind the wheel of a race car. So, you know, I hope that opportunity is out there. And, you know, if it comes next year or down the road, or, you know, whatever, I'm not going to give up trying to, to go, you know, chase uh, some dreams, you know, because there's, you know, I want to be a cup champion someday. I want to be able to win multiple races a year and, and uh, you know, who knows, someday end up in the Hall of Fame. But, um, yeah, so there's definitely a lot to be proven on the personal and professional side. Young Money, Kyle Larson. I'm sure uh, he's going to get that opportunity, Dylan, uh, to potentially become a Hall of Famer and maybe even NASCAR champion someday. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, regardless of the year he he had this year, I think he's a cup-level talent. I mean, he, you know, I mean, there's no question about that, that he is – he is worthy of racing in that series. The The biggest hurdle was just always going to be finding a team and a manufacturer and sponsors that were willing to make their peace with his mistake. And, you know, he made a mistake, but I think his talent also is is something where, you know, you want the guy in your car, you know, mm -hmm. so you're, you're going to figure out a way to, to make it happen. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I mean, I think it, I think it's going to happen, but you know, obviously nothing's been announced yet, so hopefully it it all comes together and uh, it'll be great to have him back in a car on Sundays. And what's pretty hilarious to a lot of the NASCAR fans, and there is a there is a crossover between NASCAR fans and dirt track fans and local you know racing fans, um, you know because if you know when I was a dirt track fan when I was younger, like I watched NASCAR racing, but I you know I was watching it to see the Tony Stewart and Casey Kane and all the guys who had made it through. Uh, the dirt ranks, but it's funny because a lot of the fans think, oh, well, uh, he's a NASCAR driver. Of course he should go back to the short track yeah. levels and dominate. And it's like, you guys have no idea how hard it is that what Kyle Larson is doing this year. I mean, he is beating guys who make a living in a sprint car. Yeah. Well, it's even like some of the, you know, members of the media that just continuously refer to it as, you know, lower levels of <laughs> racing. It's like, you know, Obviously, we all get it, but there's still people out there that that just don't understand. You know that 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 view it as, you know, a stepping stone to get to NASCAR. Here's a newsflash: not everybody wants to race in NASCAR. Like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of people in this world that are perfectly, you know, perfectly content, perfectly happy being a full-time sprint car racer, and that's a professional way to make a living. So, um, you know, it is. I mean, I think it's still, you know, it's still out there. It's still, you know, a perspective from some people. But I also think too that you know, as easy as he makes it look, it probably doesn't help the help the case very much. But again, I mean, that's just obviously just how good he is. It's been an amazing year for Kyle Larson. Um, 
winning again. He's now won on all three of the miles. You know, the Hoosier 100 this year, the Springfield Mile, and then, of course, in 2011, he won at DuCoin. Um, just just an incredible, incredible talent. Most likely going back to NASCAR as the news uh, was, uh, you know, he's being reinstated. So we'll still see him on the dirt. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see him, you know, occasionally run. He'll most likely go and defend his Chili Bowl title, his Gateway Nationals title. Um, we'll, we'll see, we'll see Larson around, but um, it's going to be sad if uh, to see him go. Uh, let's get into our hat shakes. Um, Ginge yeah. swept the midget race at the Smoky Mountain Speedway. That's mine. Did you see? Did you see the finish of the midget race that he won? I don't know what night it was. Him and Steve Buckwalter were literally climbing on like all over each other and hooked together the last lap. Like came off a of two. Buckwalter got into his left rear. They drove down the backstretch, literally attached to each other, and then got off each other in three and four, coming to the checkered, and Ginge won. He beat out Buckwalter. Nice. Yeah, it was a big win. I know. I mean, they had real they had real midgets there. He was in Chet's Chet Gerke's Ecotech. Oh, he was. Yeah, Ginge was. Yeah, and and beat you know beat some full blown you know national midgets. So wow. And then ran I think second and third in the sprint car races. He had an awesome weekend. So wow. Ginge Isaac Chapel gets Dylan Welch's uh, hat shake of the week right off the bat here. Wow, we didn't even get uh, get even get through here. I didn't even have to hear the rest of the weekend results. I already knew mine was going to him. <laughs> Well, congratulations to you. You did get one pick right last week, and that was Maria Kofer. Yeah, how about that? My Maria. <laughs> My put, Maria. Put in victory lane. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, winning at Petaluma with USAC West, what is it? Western, Western States. States Midgets. Yeah. Wow. Well, so the West Coast Sprint Cars. <laughs> um, so congratulations to Maria Kofer. Who won the West Coast Sprint Race? Do you know? Um, I saw it, but I don't. Stand by. We'll figure that yeah. one out uh, as we get to the end. Maybe Dylan can get on that. I'll Let's roll go, through some more of these. Go to the phones here. Uh, Dazen Persley won his first Power Eye feature. Yeah. Uh, for Keith Coons Motorsports, congratulations. Jake Newman won the Power Eye Championship. Congratulations to uh, Jake Newman for that. Clint Boyles. Wow, I just called him Clint Boyles. Clinton Boyles. <laughs> oh, Clint. <laughs> Clint's uh, when he turns sixty, he'll become a Clint. <laughs> uh, won the non-wing sprint car Kokomo Clash event. Uh, with old Paul Hazen. Paul Hazen's out there still doing it. Yeah, he is. Still not a Sprint Car Hall of Famer, which is beyond me, but he's out there still winning races uh, with the best of the best. And uh, Clinton Boyles wins at Kokomo, which is the first night of the Kokomo Clash. That same night, Timez won the midget portion of the Kokomo Clash. That's uh, back-to-back. Well, that's three in a row for the midget, actually, for Timez. Mm-hmm. Because he won at Jacksonville in the Power Eye. Then Hobstad. he won his first USAC National Midget Race at Hobstad. And then, of course, went to uh, Kokomo and won the USAC Regional Race, uh, winning there for the Kokomo Clash. Danny Dietrich won the final night at Lincoln. Who Did, did I pick him, or who was that? I think you might have, yeah. Man, I kicked your ass last week. Yeah. Like I had Larson. I had Dietrich. Ryan Timmons won the West, uh, West Coast 360 USAC Race at Petaluma. I'm pretty sure I picked him, I too. I think you did. Yeah. Jesus, you guys need to you know put some money down here. Put your money where your mouth is. Okay. Uh, Freddie yeah, Raymer won. Get the right cha- on that. Freddie Raymer uh, won the Lincoln Track Championship, Lincoln Speedway Track Championship, his first of his career. Mister Smooth, Billy Moyer won the late model feature at Tri City with MLRA. Uh, plug in the bottom there while Bobby Pierce is ripping down the top side in a late model. And Brandon Shepard won his fourth straight $100,000 feature. 
he is now past Larson and Money this year. Yeah. Uh, with the late model that was at uh, Portsmouth or is that maybe that's not the right track? Something Port. <laughs> One of those Port tracks <laughs> out there. It was the Dirt Track Championship, the World Dirt Track Championship or whatever they call it. Um, One hundred thousand dollars to win. I saw Michael Rigsby. We'll get to our. We're going to finish our hat shakes. Let me let me go to that thing in a second. Uh, and then finally, Kyle Larson won at Springfield. It is now his third mile win. He's won on all the miles in USAC in the Silver Crown Series. He got two of them this year, the Hoosier Hundred and at Springfield. Justin Grant, who we're going to have on the show today, won his first USAC National Championship, winning his Silver Crown Championship. He finished third. And my hat shake is going to go to David Gravel. About that boy. What did he start? 23rd? Yeah, yeah, something like in the 20s, yeah. 23rd to 2nd for David Gravel in the Jack Hewitt uh, Tribute 21. And his very first Silver Crown race. Um, His first Silver Crown race, and boy, was he up on the wheel, passing a ton of cars and finishing 2nd. So congratulations to David Gravel getting my hat shake of the week. I'm going to slide in one more here for okay. our buddy Flea because his, his cars won the Power Eye Championship with Jake Newman, Power Eye West Championship with Felker, and Power Eye National Rookie of the Year with Trey Gropp. All three of those guys were in Ripper cars. So wow. How about that? I also have to slide one in, too. We forgot about last week. A.J. Hopkins. Yes, we did forget about him. He's won two track championships three. this year? Three. Paragon, Bloomington, and Putnamville. Won them all. Jesus. Yep. Three track championships for A.J. Hopkins. How about that? That that payout might uh, equal to a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably not far <laughs> off, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. A.J. Hopkins wins uh, three track, cha- track championships. So congratulations to all of you. Hat Shakes of the Week brought to you by the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. As I mentioned, Michael Rigsby, uh, he, you know, dirt on dirt. He has the uh, the Rigsby report, which came out last week. And we missed this actually on our last show, but I wanted to mention this. He presented the 10 crown jewels of late model racing which then i just started thinking i'm like do sprint car racing even have 10 crown jewels sprint cars or sprint car and midgets and non-wing or non or wing and then and then then you get into like the 360 nash you know like so like i personally would put the 360 nationals in there in the top 10 if there were 10 crown jewels talking about all of sprint all sprint car racing but so you you know knoxville nationals king's royal um, National Open. National Open. Tusky. Tuscarora 50, which is four so far. Um, like, you have the 360. I think the 360 Nationals are in there somewhere from Knoxville. Um, Trophy Cup. Yeah. Is in there. Um, I mean, let us know if you, if you think there are 10. Cra- I don't I don't think you can get the 10. In all of sprint car racing? What about um, Jackson Jackson Nationals? Sure. I mean, I would if we're talking wing or non-wing cars too. I would even throw like oval Nats in there. Like, I mean, it doesn't pay. You know, it's SmackDown. It yeah, it doesn't pay what those races pay, but those are big. Those are big races. Yeah, I mean, would you include the non-wing races with the you know wing races for sprint car crown jewels? I don't know. Well, that's what I was asking. Like, if that's if if we're just because talking- you won't see like so you won't see like a a gravel or a. Or a shots, or you know the best, you know Brad Sweet, like the best wing drivers, they won't go run those. No, uh, but how many? Jewels. How many of those non-wing guys go run the wing? I mean, they run Knoxville. How many of them go run Tusky or National Open or whatever? Yeah, I mean they all run Knoxville. It's like Chili Bowl, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to run that, so it doesn't matter what discipline you come from. Yeah, 
Sorry, there's a bug right there I was trying to kill. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, PETA. Crocodile Dundee over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm, I just wanted to toss that question out there, and maybe you guys can tweet about it, but I don't even know if there are 10 crown jewels. I don't even know if there should be 10 crown jewels. Like, in, like there's not yeah, 10 crown jewels in NASCAR. Yeah, that's a lot. 10, 10 is a lot. You're right. Like, I think when I think of crown jewels, I'm thinking like four to five, maybe. Yeah. Like, for NASCAR, what, you got the Brickyard 400, the Daytona 500, the Coke 600, and the Southern 500, maybe? Those four? Yeah. Like, I think four to five is probably your crown yeah. jewel range, but... I don't disagree with that. I mean, ten, you know, you're getting up there into, you know, double-digit range. It kind of devalues a the term crown jewel, so to speak. Yeah. They just become big money races at that point. Yeah, yeah. But uh, interesting discussion there uh, on Dirt on Dirt. So, again, congratulations to our hat shakes of the week. Uh, Isaac Chapel for you, and who else did you have? Flea. Oh, yeah, Flea. And then I had uh, AJ Hopkins and David Gravel. Uh, we're going to talk to Justin Grant JG, the newest USAC National Silver Crown champion, his first championship of his career. We're going to talk to him next. But first, our 24-7 replay throwback. You know, of course, Flow Racing you tune in right now. They're going to have a live 24-7 channel that's always on, hence the word 24-7. It's always live. You can hear calls from Dylan and I on there. You can hear calls from uh, Chet Christner and Eric Huenfeld, who, who you know, of course, announced with USAC for a long time. Um, well, not a long time. I guess a couple years. Rob Klepper, who's been there for you know a while. Um, there's, there's tons of calls. But this week, we're going to feature a call, just because we've been talking about Larson today, about him being reinstated with USAC, or not USAC, wow, NASCAR. <laughs> he's reinstated with USAC. I hope he's reinstated. He just took $10,000 from him uh, on Sunday. Um, but yes, he's reinstated by NASCAR. One of, my personal opinion, his greatest wins in USAC, just because I was on the call. Of course. Uh, but it was an awesome race when he and Tracy Hines at Gas City. Do you oh, remember yeah. this? I was in that race running you were? 21st. You were in around, this? <laughs> around the bottom, probably. Yeah. You made the feature? Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody made the feature that night. No, just kidding. <laughs> Indiana Midget Week 2013. Here's the final two laps of a uh, barn burner against Kyle Larson and Tracy Hines. Uh, maybe turn down the volume. It's a pretty terrible call. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty cringeworthy. Uh, it's a young Tyler. Trying to call some play-by-play. Here you go. 24-7 replay here on Rip the Fence. Justin Grant is next. Run for Kyle Larson. Give the second spot to Larson. Larson back to the top side. This time by two laps remaining. Larson going to get a huge run through turns one and two. Larson back to the top side. To the outside of Tracy Hines. They come down the back stretch. White flag will be waving this time. Larson back to the top side. Side by side with Tracy Hines for the lead. Larson back to the top side. You've got a new leader on a turn number two. In the turns three and four. Hines to the low line. Kyle Larson to the outside. Who's going to win it? Kyle Larson wins night number one. Kid is absolutely unbelievable in Kyle 71. Kyle Larson out of the car, huge win in front of a 71K. Gentlemen, start your engines. The race car is tour historic. They are the ancestors of the current 
But we're not here for horses, we're here for horsepower. Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. We're now joined by the newest USAC national champion, his first of his career in the Silver Crown Series, Justin Grant. JG, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How's, how's it going, guys? Going pretty good, but not as good as you. Uh, we are not a USAC <laughs> national champion. <laughs> that's Thank a, you. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's big time. I'm sure you and the family have already started uh, – celebrating and it seems like when you were doing your interview on the front stretch it hadn't really sunk in yet that you were a champion uh yeah i know i was still kind of you know running through the race and and uh you know i i really felt like we had a, a good shot there to get kyle coming to the end and we had saved our stuff and we were looking pretty good and so i was uh i was still kind of caught up and uh not winning the race <laughs> i know uh i know you did want to win but to get to run a silver crown car on a cushion on a mile it looked like uh it looked like it was pretty awesome just to be able to be behind the wheel of one of those things on saturday oh yeah yeah no hot laps and qualifying was awesome uh unfortunately you know uh trying to keep everything in mind i was trying not to hot lap for terribly <laughs> long i'd love to spend the whole hour blazing around there you know but uh they want to blow the thing up, uh, but qualifying was was neat. I mean, just two laps on the floor pan all the way around, and uh, just yeah, right right on the wall around Springfield, and butterflies vertical the whole time. It was it's pretty neat. At what point in the season did you kind of realize that this might be a chance for me to pick off this championship? I mean, Cody had been so dominant here the past six seven years, uh, and then you kind of, you guys kind of decided to run the pavement races this year and and really go after it. Yeah, or I mean, really, our, our payment program stepped up a lot. Um, you know, Dennis Lacava is obviously good on the wrenches and, and brings a good pavement car. And, and we worked a lot to kind of get me comfortable running the pavement races. And and uh, that was really, you know, had a big improvements there. I think we ran maybe fourth and fifth or two fifths, something like that. Um, so to, to get through the pavement races, pretty good. And, and all that, I kind of thought, you know, we might have a fighting chance. Um, and our dirt program's always been been pretty decent, I felt like. Um, so, you know, really leaving, probably leaving IRP, you know, I was thinking, you know, we might be in pretty good shape. We've kind of held Cody close through the pavement stuff. And then obviously with Indy, with Cody, Cody getting caught up in that crash there, um, that, you know, that really, really helped us out a lot. But, uh, but no, really, as soon as we kind of knew how good our pavement program was, I thought, thought we had a fighting shot at it. You're somebody that values you know, the history of the sport and, and, you know, the old school racers and kind of that old school mentality, how cool was it or, or how much do you value winning this championship? Not only because it is a USAC championship, but because you have to be good at both. It's the only, only, only one of the three where you do have to be good on pavement and be good on dirt too. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely makes it, makes it that much cooler. And, and, and yeah, it's, uh, it's not an easy one, right? You gotta be, you gotta be good at both. Your team's gotta be good at both. And, and, uh, and, and I had to work pretty hard to get good at the pavement. You know, I, I ran it a bit in California when I was younger, but it's been, you know, that's 14, 15 years ago now. <laughs> so uh, it's been, you know, it was, yeah, it took a lot of effort to, to get better at it. And I went, you know, over the last, last season, I ran a lot of pavement sprint car races as much as I could and, and just try and get better on the pavement. And it, it, uh, it's a lot that it's, that it's kind of paid off. You're from Ohio, California. When did you move to Indianapolis and kind of decide that USAC 
uh, was your opportunity to uh, chase the title and, and make it your full-time deal? Uh, I moved back here 2000, I think it was the winter of 2008, leading into the 2009 season. Um, and I met Jeff Walker through uh, Bowen's Boy shirt at Chili Bowl. And uh, I was like, you know, I was uh, 17, 16, 17 years old, racing midgets in California. And, you know, I wanted to move to Indiana. And so Bowen said, oh, here, meet this guy. And Jeff said, well, you can come work for me and live in the shop. And and uh, I'll give you a little bit of cash. Okay, perfect. So I moved to Indiana and, and went to work for him and and uh, was able to get in some sprint cars towards the end of that towards the end of that summer. Jeff put me in one of his cars, and then uh, Kenny Baldwin saw me run his car and hired me to hired me to run for them the following year. But um, it uh, you know I never really thought I'd be in this position, right? I uh, you know when I moved to Indiana, the goal was to drive a drive a USAC sprint car sometime. And, uh, you know, I got that done and then it was just keep, keep making it to the next race, you know, keep trying to keep trying to stay in a ride. And, uh, and then eventually I was able to get into a silver crown car. I drove uh, Hampshire's crown car a couple times and then I got hurt. And then, um, so I didn't run the crown deal for a little while. And then Chris Carley, uh, somebody I'd known for a long time out of California, um, put, we put together a car to go run again. And so it, it's all kind of been, you know, you know what uh the next week and then the next week after that and i never really when i moved back here i obviously you know hoped and dreamed that someday i could you know call myself a usac champion but i i you know i wouldn't have honestly told you i believed it was going to happen what is the feeling like i mean it, can you explain like is it just a validation feeling that you know you you put put everything on the line you moved to indiana and now you know You've had struggles, like you just mentioned, but now it's all paid off and you're a USAC champion. Like, what is the feeling like for you just to kind of have that checked off off the list? You know, have one of them checked off the list? Yeah, no, it feels good to check one of them off the list. Uh, you know, you know, now I'm to the point where you know I want to I want to get all three of them, and, mm -hmm. and uh, but no, it definitely yeah, it feels feels validating a bit. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of funny. It's not you know. We didn't wake up the next morning and my whole life's different. Right. <laughs> it, uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've been really close and I've lost them before and, uh, and, and survived, you know, so it, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it means a lot to, to win it, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, life goes on and we're trying to, you know, now we get ready for 2021. And that's the great thing about racing is you're, you know, you're on to the next one, but it definitely feels good to be able to say, you know, Somebody says, well, what'd you do? Well, at least, you know, I, I can point to this, say I did that. Uh, but, but no, it kind of feels it's, you know, it's similar to, to how I feel after winning a race, right? Like you spend the whole race, you know, focused on what you're doing and, and, and just wanting it to be over, right? Like, give me the checker, give me the checker. Come on. Every time you come around, give me the checker. And then the checker comes out and then you get a cool down lap and it's like the greatest feeling in the world. And then, uh, and then I'm almost like cranky on the way home after a win because now, now it's over, right? Like that feeling's gone. Right. <laughs> so you're, you just end up, you end up obsessed with trying to find that feeling again. So you're not even like, I struggle to celebrate and appreciate it sometimes. Not that I don't appreciate it, but I, I struggle to what you would call celebrate it because, mm -hmm. well, now I, I want that. If the feeling's gone, you know, I, now I got to go try and get the feeling again. Um, so I don't know. Sound like a drug user? <laughs> no, I mean that's that's, inter that's really interesting. Good yeah, it's it's an interesting perspective. 
Yeah, I just chase uh, the food on the table or the beer in front of me. <laughs> I, don't chase, I don't chase wins. Uh, but, no, you did win a race over the weekend, even though you didn't take a checkered flag. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you tweeted out a video of you cracking the NOS on your helmet after uh, CJ Leary was disqualified from his win at Gas City where you finished second. I actually remember that night. I was there, and I had never seen you that pissed off in my life because uh, you <laughs> lost because you lost that race in Gas City. Um, so to see that come to fruition, what was that feeling like? Uh, you know that one. You know it's uh, kind of. Yeah, so I still feel like you know we 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 still lost the race. I'm still mad we got beat right at the end. Uh, my my wallet's a little happier. <laughs> I made a little more money than I was planning on. Um, but no, it, you know we obviously want we want to win races, and so you know we get credited with that one. But it, uh, you know, I don't know that it necessarily feels feels quite like a win. <laughs> so it's interesting because this is actually the second. Um, tire failure that we've seen here in the past four races in the USAC Sprint Car Series. I don't even know, like when I was with the USAC, I don't even know if we had one. Um, but to see one or two maybe a year, but to see, you know, two of them in a matter of four races, and then, of course, you know, Sunshine was disqualified too from Lawrenceburg. Three out of the last four were DQs. How often have your tires been tested this year? Like, can you remember, like, after wins, like, were they tested every time? Or, you know, how does that procedure work? Yeah. Yeah. They actually test them really frequently. Um, they'll take, you know, sometimes you roll across after qualifying, they'll pull a sample. Um, almost every night, the top three gets it taken. Certainly every win has gotten taken. Um, but no, they've, they've actually, they've taken a lot of samples over the last, really over the last couple of years, they've been, been testing frequently and, and sending them to the lab and, and, uh, you know, doing their part, you know, doing, doing their, doing the tech, like it needs to be done, I think. And, you know, they use that kind of gets a, they don't, they don't advertise that they, that they took samples, mm -hmm. right. And they don't advertise that they pumped a motor or that they checked ignitions for traction control or, or any of that. So you never really hear about it until somebody gets busted. And then it's a big like, well, well, why haven't they been doing it? And then I'm sure this has been going on. And it's like, well, they, they, they actually just finally caught somebody, but mm -hmm. they're, they're constantly checking tires and pumping motors and checking ignitions. And, and uh, they, they're, you know, pretty in depth into it, you know, and obviously weighing the cars after every win, it's just kind of an odd circumstance that we've had, you know, three disqualifications come up right in a row like this. Well, it's weird. I mean, and I, I guess this is, this is kind of maybe puts you in a weird spot, but it's like, how can you, how can you do that and think that, okay, if they've been testing like every race, you know, testing tires, every race, like, how can you do that and think, you're not going to get caught. Like, is it, is the, the way you can do it that secretive nowadays that you can get away with it sometimes? I, I don't know. They must feel like they can. Yeah. Right. Um, but I certainly wouldn't think so. Right there. It's pretty routine that they take samples and they, and they go off to the lab. Um, you know, I, I think you hear a lot of guys are not getting busted. Mm -hmm. Right. And people, some people say some people accusing <laughs> other people of, of prepping their tires all mm -hmm. year long. And, but they keep taking the samples and they're not getting caught. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I think they think, well, well, maybe they're not actually testing them. Right. right? So then they start prepping their tires because they think that the only reason they're getting beat is because other guys are prepping their tires and well, they've got to be doing it if they're getting outrun. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
meanwhile, those guys' tires have been clean the whole time. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and they, they think that I, that would be the only way I think that you'd think that you were going to get away with it. Yeah. Hmm. That's a, well, that's, that's a crazy way to find out you want to race though. <laughs> I mean, two weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been much more enjoyable to, uh, to celebrate at gas city, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll, uh, you know, take them how we can get them. Did you, how quickly did you come up with the idea to go sit on your back porch and just crack that over your helmet? Had, Cause it seemed like it yeah. was right away. I know you were, you were pretty, pretty on the, pretty quickly. You're on the ball pretty there. Quickly. And actually uh, a buddy of mine texted me like, dude, you gotta go smash a can. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a pretty good idea. We'll, we'll do that. Did you like, did you know like it was going to happen before it came out or did you find out the same time we did? I had heard a, I had heard a rumor kind of the afternoon before, um, but I didn't know for sure until everybody knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was cool to see you and your wife and kids on the, on the front stretch, uh, you know, celebrating a championship. I'm your kids are pretty young, so they probably don't understand right now, but I know someday they'll look at pictures and think that this is really, really cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely neat to, uh, to be able to have them there and, and do that, you know, and, and the, the racing deals sometimes it's tough cause you're on the road a lot, you know, and, and away from home a fair bit, but, uh, it's really cool you know not not many kids uh, uh not many was not many kids get to look at their dad you know and and you know see that mm -hmm. you know that they're a winner and that that, that all goes on right mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool for me to be able to do that and have them watch it and and uh hopefully they'll hopefully they'll remember it or hopefully i keep winning long enough that they'll remember <laughs> <laughs> do they get to go trick-or-treating this year or the whole COVID thing is going to shut that down uh no we're here in indiana we're pretty we're pretty rock and roll we're ready to go yeah. so we're all uh, we're all halloween decorated the kids have costumes and uh we're ready to go trick-or-treating wow i was trying to think about what i wanted to be for a costume michelin <laughs> man maybe <laughs> michelin man he says <laughs> sumo wrestler uh -huh. yeah sexy michelin man yeah there you go yeah <laughs> jg thanks so much for coming on the show congratulations on your championship um big time now you gotta go you know win one with top next year and then uh you know hopefully get the midget schedule on a full-time deal so you can win you know all three yeah yeah and hopefully you know the, the sprinter one really really mean a lot to me you know i've been trying trying hard at that one for for a while now and we've come up really close a few times and and had things just not work out. Um, but, but really want to try and focus on getting that one next year and, and, uh, see how it goes. Cool. Thanks man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks Justin. Good to talk yeah, to you. Thanks for having me. Justin Grant, everyone. USAC national silver crown series champion. Uh, his first Dylan Welch. It was cool to see, you know, I mean, I like Cody Swanson, you know, he's a good buddy. He's a good buddy of ours. But to see someone new win a USAC Silver Crown Championship is kind of fun. Yeah, no, it is. And it's uh, – I agree. I mean, I, I think that, you know, what Cody has done the last, you know, five years, the first, you know, latter or latter half of this decade has been, uh, you know, has been unbelievable, obviously. Um, but I agree. You know, getting and, – and I think, you know, Justin talked about it too. Like, we've been able to watch – you know, if you've paid attention to the Silver Crown Series, you've kind of been able to watch his progression uh, because that's why Cody's so good because he was – killer on the pavement and then obviously you know was was phenomenal on the dirt too so he was he was untouchable mm -hmm. and that was going to be the difference you know you could you could sneak a dirt racer to victory you know away from Cody but you weren't going to touch him most most times on pavement and it was going to take somebody really getting their act together on the pavement stuff to figure it out and and granted this season was a little weird you know it was an abbreviated schedule but you know you still had both you still had to run well on pavement and you still had you know dirt races too so 
that's what it was going to take. And Justin said, you know, he made an effort last year in the last couple of years to get better on the pavement because that's that's you know what it was going to take. And um, you know, it's cool to see that one he recognized that, and and two that it, his hard work paid off. Yeah, and a couple top fives on the pavement uh, definitely sealed up um, a championship for Justin Grant in that '91 team. Um, clearing a couple things up from the opening segment, David Gravel actually started 26th in the Silver Crown Series race, not 23rd. Um, he was scheduled to start 13th, but I believe he had to be push started. Dylan, is yeah. that right? Yeah. So the Silver Crown Series, those of you that don't know, they have mechanical starters, you know, old school starters that plug in the front of the race car. Uh, and the rule is, if you require a push start, you know, so if your car doesn't fire and has to be push started, like a sprint car or midget, you have to forfeit your qualifying time and go to the back. So he was supposed to start 13th, needed a push start, so I had to go to the back and. Uh, you know, clearly didn't slow him down much. No, 26 to second for David Gravel. He was uh, my hat shake in the opening segment. Um, we have a couple more hat shakes we need to get to. So um, Shane Cottle and Ty Mahako at Gas City this weekend. Kokomo. We we or not? Oh, wow, Kokomo this weekend. Wow, I just uh, screwed those up. They're a couple, you know, 15 minutes apart or whatever, but maybe a little <laughs> bit longer than that. But. Um, Dave Darling caught on fire after winning a heat race at the Kokomo Clash. He got out of his car. His foot was burning. His fire suit was on fire. He had fuel all over it. And these boys, I mean, Shane Cottle's a big boy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And Mahako is not small either. Mm -hmm. And both of those boys jumped on top of Darlin and just put the fire out by jumping on it. It was yeah, incredible. Just, just smothered him. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it was. It was. You know, it wasn't like it was a methanol fire. Like you could see the flames. It was scary. You know, the video. Um, I know we have it. I don't know. I mean, it was on. Flow. I might be able to put it up. Right it was here. on flow, obviously, but um, scary. You know, scary stuff. I mean, fire obviously is is never any fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, Dave was on the ground and uh, you know was rolling around trying to put the fire out, and those guys both ran over there and just laid on his legs, basically, you know, and and smothered the fire out. So um, obviously, you hate to see that happen to anybody, but it was awesome to see those guys. Uh, you know, put themselves on the line, you know, basically, and, and, you know, help their fellow competitors. So I think, you know, speaks, well, I'm sure they would have done it for anybody, but obviously speaks to the respect too that they have for Dave that, um, you know, they had no second thoughts about that and, and laid right down there and, and, you know, help put it out. A couple hat shakes for Cottle and Mahako there. Mentioned briefly in the grant thing, we forgot to mention in the open that CJ Leary had, is now suspended by USAC for the next five races. His sixth was um, the Silver Crown race. He was yeah. not able to run. Uh, because he has a USAC license, Dylan Welch, he is going to be able to run in next year in the Sprint Car Series, but not with his family-owned car. Yeah, which I think is kind of silly, to be honest. Like, what's the point? So he misses Springfield. He, I don't think he was going to go out west and run the midget races, and I'm sure, quite frankly, if if he was, it's not really that much of a bother for him because he just doesn't run midgets very much. So I think that's kind of silly, to be quite quite honest, that, you know, it, basically he's missed Springfield. So that's like a slap on the wrist in my mind, but um, regardless, he's still suspended. So uh, they can't run the 30 car until the seventh race of 2020 yep. the, on the sprint car side of things. So uh, if he's going to, if he's going to run for a, you know, run for a championship, he's going to have to find somebody else to run for those first six races. So I guess that, you know, that makes it obviously a challenge because it's not like you can just go pick a ride off the tree, but um, you know, if they really wanted to make a statement, I think they should have suspended him for six sprint car races maybe. Yeah. Well, there's Dylan Welch's opinion. I think that since he paid for a USAC super license that – I mean, because that super license ain't cheap. No, it's not. I mean, you pay for it for this reason, I think. Yeah. I mean, you don't expect I mean, I, to be suspended. I, I mean, but. I get it. I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, because I mean, he can – you know, that way he can still go race. But to me, 
I agree with you. It's if a they, if they want to make a statement, they're going to suspend him from six races in all of USAC competition, you know, not just, you know, or, or six. They're going to suspend him from six sprint car races, not just six, you know, USAC races mm-hmm. or, or something, you know, something like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Stay tuned for this Kyle Larson piece we got coming out uh, here in the coming weeks. Uh, well, I guess probably the coming week. Um, also, check Kristner's top five moments of the weekend. Um, from Flow Racing is on and available on the Flow Racing app and on flowracing.com. So check that out. I believe the Darlin Mahako Coddle thing is in there and a couple of those big flip there at uh, Lincoln that you need to see. So that's in Chet Christner's top five. Check it out. This has been episode seven. Thanks to Justin Grant for coming on the show. Thanks for Dylan Welch actually getting out of bed and coming up here I to went and worked uh, participate. Out we came over here. Wow, you're working out um, before I didn't, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, working out with some 12 ounce curls and. Cheeto curls. Dylan Welch actually coming up here and work. That's good. Uh, thanks to everyone who makes this possible here on Flow Racing. This has been episode seven of the Loud Pedal Podcast here from Mooresville, North Carolina at the Off Axis Paint Studios.